national championship for Notre Dame. Pino gets the crossing. He's towards one Twenty-one world championship medals. She is the greatest of all time. You just can't say it enough. Wow. Women's singles champion, Serena Williams. Large Williams into Bird in the corner. You bet. She's done it again. Sue Bird. Welcome into All In, a women's sports podcast. I'm Annabelle Watson, here with Julia Moss and Miles Grossman. It's Saturday, June 3rd. We're going to hop into a bunch of Liberty talk and WNBA talk. But first, Julia and Miles, how are you guys? I'm good. It's been a fun week. You know, summer is like officially in full gear now. I feel like we're all officially adjusted to life post spring semester. So it's been fun. Just did one-on-one this morning, so double duty, WFUV today. Uh, so, yeah, it's been great. Same here. No, I've been doing great. I'm happy that the Liberty have really seemed to get their feet under them a little bit, and it's been a up-and-down start to the year, some moments that I think we expected, but uh, it's been an exciting start to the year as well. Yeah, definitely. So we'll hop right in. On the 30th, Brianna Stewart made her return to Climate Pledge Arena as the Liberty faced her former team, the Seattle Storm. And I mean, Stewie absolutely went off uh, 25 points, 11 rebounds, which led the Liberty to an 86-78 lead over Seattle. Um, And she did this despite only scoring um, eight points in the first half. So a really great performance from Stewie that I think meant a lot to her coming back to Seattle. I know there was kind of some mixed emotions uh, with the Seattle fans because she had kind of made some comments about making the right choice with the Liberty. But nonetheless, a great performance for her um, in her return to Climate Pledge Arena. But um, what are your guys' thoughts on this game? I think this game really, you know, helped the Liberty gel and mesh together as a team and it was just a quality win from them but Julia why don't we start with you yeah so first of all I kind of understand the um unsurety of the fans reacting to Brianna Stewart because it's not something you want to hear ever your your star player that's you know done so much for your franchise saying that you know, she made the right decision by leaving to join a super team. Um, so I understand, you know, if I was a Seattle Storm fan, I would probably feel some type of way about it. But luckily, I support the, the New York Liberty, so I'm getting the good side of it. But as far as the um, the game itself, I mean, this I feel like this really is what put the the Liberty kind of like, OK, we're gelling, we're, we're doing well. Officially, you know, that first game is, I think, completely in the rearview mirror now. Uh, moving forward so yeah I mean incredible game happy to see the Liberty handle business in Seattle yeah I think for Stewie there's always one of two ways that game can go maybe like a a high scoring performance or you kind of get in your own head because you're back home and I think that first half was a little bit of that trying to readjust to like what it's like being in Seattle on the other side. I think that must have felt weird to begin with but then as you said Annabelle that second half was completely different looked pretty comfortable playing in form with the Liberty. And I think that's true on the road. 
one of the one of those games that has been really important has been Seattle because you know even if you're a so-called super team, you still have to find your identity. And I think the Liberty are still kind of doing that, getting the touches down low and getting in transition more. And I think Seattle was a good example of that, particularly for John Cole Jones too. Yeah. I mean, and just looking at the stats for the um, starters for the Liberty 60 points, 29 rebounds, um, very impressive three free throw shooting uh, at 90 percent so they just played really well in this game and they did get that win against um the sun that we were discussing last episode um and i think that they have kind of started to find their stride and and work as a team and we're seeing stewie kind of live up to her expectations you know she had that really great game in her first game but you know with this performance she's kind of proving again and again that she can be be that player for them um but then we'll move on to their next game um was a absolute nail biter against the chicago sky um and stewie hit a game winner with 7.1 seconds left and this game also kind of continued the Liberty's so-called revenge tour where Courtney Vandersloot returned to Chicago, her former home. Um, she had eight points and eight assists, but, you know, the real big star of this game didn't, did end up being Stewie with that game winner for the Liberty to squeak out that win. Um, and, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on this? I think it's really great for them to you know, get this nail biter win. And um, it's just really great to see. It was super exciting to watch. So Julia, give me your thoughts. Yeah. Um, what a, what a game. First of all, uh, first and foremost, that was an incredible game. I thought that last shot honestly was a terrible shot at first. I saw Brianna Stewart put that up and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I was literally like, all right, we're going to lose. And then it banged in. I was like, all right. Uh, that shows me to not doubt Brianna Stewart. Uh, but my big takeaway, honestly, besides just being happy that, you know, they moved to, to four and one on the season is, you know, they really need to start picking it up quicker. You know, you don't really want to see them come from behind every single game to have to get a win and they have been starting slow consistently and that's always going to happen when you have so many players playing together for the first time but you just got to hope if you're the liberty that that uh that irons out soon because as it gets to to crunch time and even in playoffs you don't want to have to be clawing from behind to get a win every time you kind of want to establish that that authority from the beginning especially when you have a roster like the liberty do sandy brondello even said like happy to get the win but you know we need to be more aggressive it was something along those lines sub sub quoting there um but yeah i mean great win uh not sure if we totally deserve to win that game not sure if the liberty truly earned that but you know win is a win dub is a dub and the liberty are four and one and i think when you're this talented the standard is always going to be extremely high so when you have poor first halves it's kind of like it's it seems more unacceptable when there's this much talent but I, what has really stood out to me about the last couple of games is the offensive hierarchy amongst the stars has kind of established itself in that brianna stewart's now for sure the number one option and then there's kind of that tier below her including jj and at times 
Sabrina as well, but I wouldn't even put her in that category. And then, of course, Vandersloot has completely established herself as the sole facilitator. She's not look. She's not out there looking to score nearly as much as she is share the basketball. And I think, you know, as the season progresses, we'll get more of that. Everybody's finding their role. But those first halves are, are a little bit worrisome just because of the talent. And you think, well, why is this happening when, when there's kind of this disparity in talent, particularly in this most recent game? But I, I yeah, I think the, the aggression has always kind of been a second half thing this year, which is it, it, which it shouldn't be, which it can't be down the stretch. But the only thing that I will also take into consideration is that it's so early in the year. I think that hopefully that defense intensity will be for 40 minutes, but you might not get that this month. It might be a couple months down the road. And I think something that, you know, people aren't talking about enough is Benijah Lady in this game. She was incredible. I mean, defensively and offensively, scored 17 points, three rebounds, two assists. Um, I mean, I think she was really that X factor that we haven't totally seen in every game leading up to here, but she she came up big against Chicago. And then also Maureen Johannes making a return. Didn't light it up on the stat board, but I mean, we just saw like vintage Johannes with the behind the back passes, the flashy passes. They didn't always lead to assists as she only had two in the game, but for a first game back from international play, definitely not upset with the performance overall. Yeah, I mean, I think that to your guys's point, they're really having to find their footing in the second half. And, you know, we talked at length last ep- last episode about them kind of needing to gel and figure out what their respective roles are, considering that this is such a super team. Um, and I think that they are definitely coming together, as we've seen with these past three wins, you know, they're kind of going on this win streak. But that second half is where I think those holes kind of start to show. But do you guys think that they have started to gel a little bit more in these past three wins? Or, you know, what what's your status check on that? Yeah, uh, I think you, we see, you know, Miles alluded to it uh, a second ago, is that you're starting to see it that at least take shape a little bit more. Um, it's by no means... I think solidified to where they're performing at their peak every time. I mean, as we're seeing now, they can't perform in the first half very well at all, but we are seeing like Miles said, really just to echo that is Rihanna Stewart is, you know, score first player. Sabrina Unescu is kind of like a utility almost, you know, she can go out and score 20 as we saw against the storm, but she can also get five points and, and the Liberty still win. So I think UNESCO is still trying to figure out, you know, where her true role is. I see her definitely being like a, you know, a really just a utility player, just, a, you know, what the team needs. She can really do everything. I mean, she was the triple double queen in college. So like, she's clearly uh, capable of filling in most roles. So I think we're going to see her role change a lot throughout the year. Um, but Nigel Lane, another one of those like utility players, you know, maybe not up there in the, in the top three or four, uh, but Vanderslu, as Miles said, facilitator. We're starting to see the the skeleton of that come together a lot more than the first few games. Yeah, I think no doubt, Annabelle, that this team is starting to gel pretty nicely. And it's funny, last year watching this team, it was Sabrina was relied on heavily, and particularly from behind the three-point arc, she was that was the number one option. Get Sabrina an open three. And now this year it's kind of like Sabrina's three-point shooting ability has become like a secret weapon. When you have Stewie, you have JJ down low, and then you, you sometimes forget about UNESCO. So 
it's it's been really uh fun to see and i think that the ceiling is still very far from where they're at right now but when you see that defensive intensity for 40 minutes the i, I it's going to be tough to see them losing a five game series to anybody besides the Las Vegas Aces possibly, but there's no doubt that once they start to solidify their roles even further, the standard is going to be near perfect. They're not going to be expected to lose any games whatsoever, a four and one start, but I think a couple of those wins they wouldn't be so happy about. So I think we're going to see some more dominant wins and the expectations are only going to rise. They're only going to rise in the next maybe two, three weeks to a month. Yeah, definitely. I think that we're starting to see things turn around and they are going to really have to live up to that super team expectation. Their next two games are against the Sky yet again. So the Sky will kind of look for revenge there. And then against the Minnesota Lynx on Wednesday the 7th, um, who we're going to turn our attention to now. The Lynx, who are winless right now, have lost the number two pick in the draft, Diamond Miller, after she suffered a right ankle sprain against the Dallas Wings. She's going to miss multiple weeks. Um, and, you know, being the number two draft pick, um, she's just so talented. Miller averaged 14.6 points, three rebounds, and two assists in her first five games with the Lynx. But, I mean, what is what are the effects for the Lynx here? Um, you know, will they be able to pick up wins without Diamond? Well, they couldn't even pick up wins with her. So my guess is no. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're going to be bad without her because they were bad with her. I mean, what, they're 0-4, 0-5, something like that? I mean, I don't think removing your second overall pick, you know, your your future is going to make you better by no means. Um they're going to have to turn to other people, like their other draft picks, Dorky Juhas. I would say Bree Beal, but they'd cut her. So definitely not Bree Beal they're turning to, but they're going to have to have other people step up and figure out how to win for the next couple weeks, um, which is going to be a tough task because they couldn't even win when they had their full roster. So, you know, things went from rock bottom to the basement of rock bottom for the Lynx. So not, you know, it's not a good time to be be a Minnesota WNBA fan right now because the the future, at least for the next couple of weeks, let's not, I think it's important not to over-exaggerate this. I mean, she sprained her, well, sprained her ankle. Um, it's only going to be a few weeks. It's not a season-ending injury. But, you know, you could see this Lynx team being like one and nine before all is said and done when the first 10 games conclude. No doubt about that. And I think, you know, the Minnesota Lynx are a good example of why it's so difficult to win in the WNBA. Only 12 teams. Every team is pretty high caliber. And, the Minnesota Lynx find themselves at the bottom, but they're not light years away from the rest of the pack whatsoever. And they've had a difficult start to the season schedule-wise, played some of the best teams in the W. And as you touched on off-air, Julia, they had two tough games coming up in the Mystics and the Liberty. So really their first eight games of the year, I don't see them really competing in their, in their seventh and eighth games of the year. But, it, you know, it's just so difficult because they're, they're, it doesn't seem like they're light years away. But at the same time, when you don't have maybe two, three all-star caliber players, you're not going to be competitive against that top tier. And then if you're the Minnesota Lynx and you're not even in that conversation, you need at least one or two superstars to be in that tier too. And sadly, you know, without Diamond Miller, they don't really have anyone that you would call a, a future superstar or a current superstar in this league. And it's obvious that the future for the Lynx is in Diamond Miller. But 
that's that's not going to be enough. If the Lynx are going to turn their franchise around, it's going to be via free agency. I don't see that happening anytime soon, but it, just looking at beyond this year even, the next two, three years might be some five or six win seasons for the Minnesota Lynx, and that's a really difficult thing to say. But, you know, it, when you have 12 teams, absolutely no team takes a day off against you. And uh, the Minnesota Lynx find themselves at the bottom of those 12 when – you know, it's just going to be tough sledding. I don't see how they could possibly get out of this rut either. That's what's most, the most demoralizing thing about it is there's no really future. I don't see where they go. Yeah, I mean, I think in the W with only having those 12 teams, it's almost like the worst can get even worse because they're constantly playing and they're going to see a lot of those same teams so often and just kind of get beat up on. But um, with Diamond gone, I really hope that Dorka Juha's um, draft pick out of UConn can kind of step up and, you know, take that role from diamond because I am a little bit biased towards her as a Yukon fan, but I think it would be really great to see her kind of step up and, um, and, and fill those shoes um, that, that diamond um, has been filling. Yeah. She just got her first start, her first start in the WNBA a couple of days ago. So definitely they're already looking towards the future a little bit more. And miles, you said it best. I mean, diamond Miller is great. I'm sure Diamond Miller is going to be, you know, someone that the least can count on in the future. But when you have a team like the Aces, when you have a team like the Liberty, you know, even looking at, you know, like the Sparks and, and the the Wings who have really set them up, themselves up really good for the future, the 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 Lynx really lose are lost in in the shuffle here, and they're the future doesn't look good even with Diamond Miller. So if she starts having injury issues, you know, it gets it gets into some scary conversations if there isn't expansion soon. Because Diamond Miller isn't the type of player that you can rely on consistently. She's, she's young, she's developing, and she's going to be the third option on any kind of quality ball club. If she's being relied on as the future of this team, it's, it's really a tough position for Minnesota. Yeah, and then the last kind of thing I want to touch on, um, you guys mentioned it, is the Las Vegas Aces. They're currently undefeated, um, and their star, Asia Wilson, recently said that she doesn't believe in super teams. So definitely a, a big statement from her with the Liberty. But um, at this point, do you guys think the Aces can sustain that that win streak and sustain their success? Um, and do you think they're the biggest competition for the Liberty at this point? I mean, yes, all across the board. I mean, they're, they have the best roster. They have the most chemistry. They have the most experience playing with each other. I mean, I think right now the, the Aces are better than the Liberty and – I don't know how particularly close it is because the Li the Liberty have the better roster. I think the Liberty have the better roster, but the Aces have a very close roster in in already and uh, ability and skill. But the, the Aces have been playing together for years and they already know how each other work on the court. And the Liberty are playing catch up to get to that point. So the fact that the Aces are already five and zero, oh, you know, I think it's sustainable. I mean, they've got a starting five of all-stars so you know who's to say that it's not sustainable i think liberty is really their only competition um so moving forward yeah i mean the aces they're not going to finish the season undefeated by no means but you know they're going to be one or two with the liberty and i think honestly like biases aside i think the aces are should be the favorite to win the championship and are likely going to win it i absolutely agree with you julia i think when you look at the top five in the wnba it's definitely 
aces at the one, and then a pretty significant gap, and then you got the Liberty at the two. Because you got to give the aces credit. They've won before. They have a ring. They've proven that this is a championship-caliber coach and a championship-caliber starting five. The Liberty, not so much at all. I think there's a lot of a lot of question marks, as you can imagine. And then, you know, it, it's difficult because the Liberty, a squad with all this talent, you can make a case that there's arguably too many ball-dominant players. When you have a, a group like the Aces, sure, you don't have the offensive talent, but you have a, a group who knows how to play together and a group who arguably knows how to thrive in their role more already. Like you said, Julia, they already have a year together. So I, I think, you know, it's almost disrespectful to the Aces to put the Liberty in that category because I think it's a, you know, when you look at kind of like the – what do I say here? Like the the pyramid of the WNBA. And that first block is going to be the Aces. That second tier would kind of be the Liberty and possibly the Mystics in that conversation. And then Dallas, a young team on the rise. But Connecticut's in that conversation too. It, it, I just don't think that it's fair to the Aces to even say that the Liberty Aces are an equal one-two combo. Because at this point, I don't think they are. Yeah, definitely a lot of success from the Aces, but that'll do it for us today. I'm Annabelle Watson. I've been here with Julia Moss and Miles Grossman. All In is a production of WFUV Sports.